everyone. Welcome to Sparkle and Destroy podcast episode number 34. I am your hostess, Haley Crusher Kane, coming to you today from San Luis Obispo, California. I am sitting in the granny unit that Dr. Kane built in the back of our property to rent out on Airbnb when we're on tour, which we uh, are want to do. And uh the guests left this place in good condition, I have to say, because they made the bed. There's a bunch of bottles, but they're in the trash can. And um, it's kind of weird that I'm sitting on this bed right now without, you know, like washing it or whatever, because it could be covered in semen. But, you know, it looks pretty clean. And this makes a pretty good ad hoc studio as nobody is renting the unit at the moment. And the dogs are being really annoying in the front house. <clears throat> so I am holed up back here in what is known as Kane's Chicken Shack. Uh, chickens have gone... As y'all know, the chickens left the property uh, last year. This year? No, this is 2020. <laughs> last year. And so it's still the chicken shack, but um, things have changed. I think that's a good way to say that my life has changed. I'm sure your life has changed, uh, especially in the last year. I know I talked a little bit about end of year goals and resolutions last time and probably got weirdly emo. But you know what? It's 2020. It's twant ti twant And that is a very exciting number. It's kind of freaky. It feels like the future. If you're into the future, you want to get on the spaceship with me, let's freaking do it. Let's go to space. Um, where was I going with this? I just wanted to have an intro here to introduce uh, our last single, Haley, Haley and the Crushers' last single before our album drops on January 21st, 2020. It's called Kiss Me So I Can, and it is streaming now on Spotify, and I will play it shortly. It's actually a very apropos song right now because... Uh, as Reed and I think about our 100 plus days on the road last year, not all shows, but living on the road and, and just traveling, which was our plan and took about two years to get onto the road, a whole nother crop of issues, you know, come up. And I feel like staying in love, whether you're married, not married, whatever your situation romantically is, whether you're in a band with your partner, is is work. And it's funny, like living in a house and doing traditional suburban house things is the same as living in a tiny van and doing little van chores. You know, every little uh, thing about domestic life, it doesn't really change in the van. It just gets a lot quirkier and a little bit more crafty, I guess. Um, and there's a lot, a lot of less space. <laughs> so um, Reed and I get along really well, so that's not really an issue. But the song itself is a, about... Reed and I are feeling burnt out when perhaps we do too much at once. We're doing too many shows and we kind of forget that we need to connect, not just on stage or like as creative minds and creative brains, you know, just kind of up in our heads, but as like actually in a romantic way. That sounds really gross. I'm not talking about like necessarily get, let's get it on. I'm talking about just you know, connection and just like looking at the person in front of you and being like, hey, how was your day really? And I think every single person with any romantic partner at all can relate to this. So the song is really about that. And it's about how actually getting in the van and having time together was really helpful for us. And the song is just about coming back together. And I think it's really sweet. And I love that we wrote it together. 
and that we're at a place now where we can write songs together without killing each other because let me tell you that was the mo for quite a while um i would say this song is pretty much 50 50 50 50 dr kane 50 50 Haley kane so um it's very cute and i hope you enjoy it um, before I play that, just want to quickly say our release show is on January 31st in Santa Maria, California, and our um, second show after that is at Mercury Lounge, a cute little 1950s mid-century bar in Goleta, California, near Santa Barbara. So if you're in California and you want to make those shows, come on down. It's going to be super fun. I'll sell you a used car. It sounds like I'm come on down to Crazy Haley's and I'll sell you a used car. Um, so that's happening. I want you guys to know about that. And we're still doing the contest for the free pizza LP and t-shirt. So if you want to do that, go to haleyandthecrushers.com slash contest. And all you have to do is, uh, follow us on Spotify and pre-save our new album, Vintage Millennial and wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. You will be entered into the contest and my mother will choose at random, a winner um, from the pool, and I will announce it on the 21st, The or I'm sorry, on the 31st on the day of our release show. So that should be super fun. If you're in the U.S., you'll get a pizza. It doesn't matter like if it's a practice space, a bar, a bowling alley. We will send you a pizza. And let me say you get two toppings because we're not going to like – you know, nickel and dime you like that. I, it's very important to have at least more than one topping on your pizza. Like, come on, we're not animals here. Anyway, here is Kiss Me So I Can. Enjoy. If there's time, can't seem to find it. Rushing here and there, never anywhere. Oh, spaces get wider. Between me and you, baby, what can we do? Besides working harder.
that was Kiss Me So I Can from the forthcoming album Vintage Millennial by Haley and the Crushers. Don't you love how I promote myself? You know, a lot of artists have issues promoting themselves, and I'm going to get into this later in the episode because I think that that is the work of an artist. It's not to do the work because if you are an artist, you have to do the art, you have to do the work, you have to do it. It's in some capacity, you have to make whatever that thing is. The real work of the artist is to get out of your own head and to not be afraid or push through fear to get your music or your art out there because the, the whole point of everything is to connect with other people. That's that's the whole thing. There's, there's no sitting alone in your room forever. Sure, it starts out that way, but that's not really how like the world works. And I struggle with, amazingly, people would never even think this about me, but I mean, I don't know an artist that doesn't struggle with that feeling of right before you press publish or right before that song's going to come out or right before you hear the demo for the first time. uh, And it's just, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. So um, that's what I'm going to talk about on the show today because I feel like with the 2020 New Year clean slate vibe going on, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about that. But before I do, I would be remiss not to mention last weekend's adventure. Some of you may have seen online that I met the Rodney Bingenheimer, uh, quote unquote, mayor of the Sunset Strip, legendary DJ from uh, K-Rock. Before he left K-Rock, he was there for many decades and was credited for basically like promoting and bolstering the careers of everyone from Joan Jett and Blondie and the Ramones um, onward to tons of more obscure bands that I just can't think of right now. But, um, basically he saw cool stuff happening and was like, let's get this on the radio. And I think a lot of times people forget that without the infrastructure of, uh, DJs, and I am so stoked to know many good DJs out there that are playing really great underground bands without that, there again, you're alone in your room. So anybody that can help with getting your stuff away from just being in alone in a room with you, uh, sitting in your own BO, like wondering if it's perfect yet and if it's ready to go out in the world. Like anyone that can be like, hey, poke, poke, do you have that new song? Hey, I'm going to, you know, get this thing out there. That is amazing. And, and I really appreciate the fact that Rodney has been playing our stuff since last year. Actually, Cool Lame was the, yeah, he was doing all of Cool Lame last uh, winter and through the summer, actually. So um, he's been a great ally and a really cool person. And so to go meet him was just like mind boggling. I I just never thought that I would actually meet the guy. I mean, after I'm a huge fan of LA punk rock history, as you guys probably know. And um, to meet such a iconic person that was such a really in the center of a lot of it and some controversy surrounded him as well of course because there were bands like famously the angry Samoans who felt like um maybe Rodney's taste was a certain way and more um cerebral or artsy and maybe other bands more hardcore bands and more um sloppier whatever more dangerous bands however you want to say it were not making it on the air I feel like that's kind of silly because every DJ has their own taste and that's the whole point. If, if, if every DJ had their own, if every DJ 
had to play every single thing all the time, it would be the most boring radio station to ever listen to. And I should mention now, Rodney is now on Sirius XM channel 21, 6 o'clock to 10 p.m. Pacific time. And um, so go check it out if you have Sirius XM also on demand. And I mean, I've found out about so many cool bands through his show. I mean, that's what I like about it. It's a curated, it's always been a curated thing for him where he can bring together the music that he thinks is rad and other people can listen to that and know that when they look tune in, like they're going to find another cool band. So that's, I really do appreciate what he's done for literally decades of his life. And now he's much older. He is in his seventies, I want to say. And so I was a little nervous meeting him. First of all, the history is just so crazy. And then second of all, like I mean, I, my, my grandparents, uh, died before I really got to meet them. Like, I don't have a lot of people in my life that are elderly and I always feel like my energy is just so, Hey, what's going on? Like so crazy sometimes that I tend to kind of freak people out and I didn't want to go into this situation just like full on 110% sparkle, which I did, of course. (laughs) Like, let's not, let's not lie here. Like I, I, I really came in firing and I think for a minute he was just blinking at me over his soup. Like, who is this redheaded woman? I don't even know who this is. Um, but anyways, I'll tell you what happened. So I went down to Southern California to do, um, a fun family birthday thing at Knott's Berry Farm. And I, I knew that Rodney, um, did his show on Sundays and that he's always done around 10 PM. And then he goes to Cantor's Deli um, in downtown Los Angeles for food or whatever after a show, which is near the Sirius XM headquarters. And his assistant had been telling me for like over a year, Hey, like, you know, if you want to meet him, he'd love to meet you. I'd sent him some things. He had requested me, me to send him some things. So like, I knew that this was a chance that I could have. And if I didn't do it, then I probably would never do it. And I just kind of felt like, you know, you know, when you have those things on your list where you're like, that would be rad, but I just don't have, I have time, but I also don't. And I would have to make this extra trip to do it. And, you know, it's like all this crazy stuff. And in your mind, you're like, this also, this is just too wild. Like, this is never going to happen. Anyways, I have things like that where I'm like excited about it, but I also feel like, oh, I'm not ready. I'm not worthy yet to do that. Um, That happens sometimes to me. So I was like, ah, just I'll do it later. Blah. Um, But because I was going down for my family function, I thought, well, hey, I'm going to be there on a Sunday. And I'm going to be driving through downtown LA um, that evening. Like I'll go see some friends that live in the area and go hang out and have a, have a drink with them. And Reed decided to come as well. So I'm like, oh, great. We'll just have like a little fun party. We'll go to a couple dive bars, hang out with my friend Leslie and Brian, who I adore and I never get to see. So that's kind of what we decided to do. Um, it's funny. When I went to actually do my ride with Angeline, uh, you know, Angeline in the pink, uh, pink Corvette driving around LA, the, I mean, if you don't know who she is, just Google her. I, I can't get into it right now. Um, Brian and Brian and Leslie were there as well for that. They drove me to go meet her. So it's funny. It's like, whenever I come to LA now, I'm like meeting another iconic, like punk <laughs> piece of heritage, <laughs> not piece of heritage, per- living heritage, living history. I don't know. I don't know how to talk about people anyway. Um, we had a fun little night and we were just waiting around in the, the bar that was, is adjoining Cantor's, which I have to say Cantor's has been around since the 40s. It's a Jewish deli. It's open, I want to say 24 hours or very, very late into the wee hours. And it's so 
cool. I've never been there and I can't believe I've never been there. Um, it's got the wood paneling and it's got these, you know, kind of like crazy starbursty kind of light fixtures and um, not in a, not in like in a kind of cheesy retro way, but in a way of like they never replaced anything. They just kind of kept everything as is. Um, but it's just this big old diner. It's a big old diner. Um, and I really liked the vibe and the bar was great cause they were having open mic night. So we were just sitting in there drinking our overpriced cocktails, um, out of these highball glasses and looking at all the photography, I guess, um, Mark Cantor, the son of the owners of Cantor's Deli, uh, was really into like photography in the eighties. So he had all these pictures of Guns N' Roses on the wall. So there were just tons of Guns N' Roses everywhere. Like there was a picture of Guns N' Roses like five days before they got signed in like a bathroom, like looking all like drunk and like junkies basically. And like with their crazy outfits on and stuff. And then there's like all these just super action shots of Slash and stuff everywhere. <laughs> and they're all for sale. I just thought that was like a weird touch. It's very LA. It just, I thought it was funny. Um, and so I knew he was coming at 10. So I would go from the adjoining bar into the diner and just feel super awkward, like just kind of like waiting around for this guy. Like, oh, where's Rodney? I mean, you, you know Rodney when you see him. He's he's small. He's got great hair. Uh, it's got that like spiky kind of pineapple, like rocker hair. Um, the kind of hair that I imagine someone does for him because I couldn't do my hair that good every day. And he always has that hair. He always, I mean, it looks, it, it's, it's amazing. Um, so I would go and like make my little rounds around the diner and the waitresses are, the waitresses are kind of like eyeballing me. Like, what is, who is this girl with like the fishnets? Who's like smile. I'm like perma smiling. Cause I'm excited to meet Rodney finally. And I love him and I'm holding my record. I'm just like this. I, I look like a weird, like, like not a prostitute, but maybe somebody who's sent like a passing out religious pamphlets or something. Like, again, my energy is like too much. And so I talked to the waitress and she's like, oh yeah, yeah. He's always here every Sunday. He'll be here soon. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll just like let you guys do your thing. Like after the second time I felt really awkward. So I went back into the bar and I was like, I don't know, man, this is going to be weird. I was kind of psyching myself out. But then the waitress uh, 15 minutes later comes into the bar. I was like, hey, Rodney's in the other room if you want to meet him. So I rush in there and say hi. And as I said before, he was very, he was a little bewildered because he's waiting. He was waiting for another band that night, even though he did know I was coming. He kind of wasn't, I, I wasn't very clear of who I was. I just kind of was like, hello, of course, you know who I am. I am Haley, Haley and the Crushers. Like, you know, <laughs> but he warmed up and was super, super kind. And, and he was telling me some cool history and there's a plaque above his he uh, his booth there that was actually right above his head as he was eating um, that was a plaque that dedicating that booth to Rodney. Um, and Nancy Sinatra was the person that dedicated it to him in 1999. And he very quickly told me that this was the booth where Susanna Hoffs from the Bangles and Brian Wilson and him were all sitting around a booth together. And I know he very quickly kind of slipped into this not name dropping because it's not name dropping. It's his life, like just nostalgia. You know, he was like, oh, over there, like they always said that was the booth that Marilyn Monroe used to sit at. And I was able to talk to him a little bit about Rock and Roll High School, which I've always been really enamored with that movie. And I love the scene where he's driving the um, the pink Cadillac uh, down the street as he's taking the Ramones to the venue. And it's um, 
they're, they're, uh, the song um, I Just Want to Have Something to Do is on. And uh, it's like uh, eating chicken vindaloo. And <laughs> and Joey's eating a piece of chicken in the backseat of the car. And Marky's like playing with his drumsticks, but he has no drums with him. It's just like the most awkward scene. I love. It's like probably my favorite scene in the movie. And um, I didn't realize it for years, but that Rodney was the one driving the car. Of course, as a as a teenager, I didn't know who Rodney Bingenheimer was, even though I had tuned into Rodney on the Rock on K Rock many times. I wasn't that aware. So I was like, oh my God, like he basically drove my favorite band in a, one of my favorite movies and he must have some crazy stories. But of course there was no crazy story. Like Dee Dee didn't try to, you know, fall out of the car or anything. Um, there was no rebellion with Joey being like, no, I'm not going to eat this chicken. It's gross. Like it was just a normal shoot. Although he said that it was really early in the morning. So they were super hungover. It just goes to show you should probably come prepared with more than one question. Uh, I probably should have had five questions, but I did not. Thankfully, my friend Leslie and Brian were there, and Brian was asking some questions about, like, the um, Rodney on the Rock compilations that are really, really cool. And um, he had some fun questions because he's, like, super into old L.A. punk, too. So he was able to kind of take the slack a little bit because Rodney kind of speaks quiet, and I feel like – I don't know. I just felt like I was kind of bombarding him with my just like intensity. Um, but he was really kind. He gave actually gave me some pretty concrete advice for some different connections to make and different bands I should hit up. And he really likes um, Gabby is a Dom. And uh, it's funny. He was like, I, I asked him if he ever met Kim Wilde. And he was like, I can't actually, I, I can't remember actually, but you should cover one of her songs. And I was like, oh, like I pointed to the record that I brought him like, that's water on glass. The one you've been playing a bunch, like that is a Kim Wilde song. And he laughed because I think he goes through so many songs that he, he does pick them. He does program all obviously his show, but I don't think he can like necessarily keep all that information is in his brain at all times. Um, God love him for even trying to do that. So, uh, it was a nice little meeting and, uh, it just, you know, I've said this before, just real people, you know, Rodney's a real dude. He's a guy and has a life and, um, has preferences about soup and has thoughts about having cats, which he can't in his apartment apparently. And the more I meet people that I admire, the more I'm like, wow, we're just all the same. We all have our own weird obsessions, you know, for Rodney, his life's work has essentially just been being obsessed with music especially underground music and he's still doing it. And I think that's cool. I mean, I want to be his age and still super passionate and excited and wanting to do whatever the thing is I want to do and, and just like immersing myself in it. You know, he, he really does like put all of himself into what he does. It's, it's really obvious. And so that was a unique experience. That was fun. Anyways, um, moving on, I want to talk today about, being an artist and getting out of your own way. I feel like this is a useful bit of uh, information. And sometimes it just takes someone saying it at the right time and the right way for it to hit you. I don't know who kind of shook me out of the, the I, I guess it was probably Reed, honestly. I mean, I was always making things in my room. And then he was like, well, you should put that zine out or 
you know, why not start a new band? Like, you know, very encouraging in that way. And I want to help and be that encouragement for you guys in 2020, just because I've been there. I understand. I currently deal with the isolation that comes with being a a super creative person who is obsessed with their, what they're doing, obsessed with what, what they're creating and not necessarily always feeling like it's reaching the right audience at all times. I mean, if the art is good and you like doing it, that's all that matters. I think if you're, if you would do this for free for no one, then you're on the right track. So whatever that means to you, I hope you take it in a constructive way. And I hope that whatever you're making is just uh, taking over your life and you love it and you're reveling in it and you're pushing yourself and you're growing and you're doing it even though you're freaked out because that is the number one secret to life. And lately I've been thinking about all these new ideas and new things I want to do and like how it's so scary. And the only way through is to just continue to be scared and continue to do it. So uh, yeah, in, in very sparkle and destroy fashion, this is an incredibly um, self-carry, self-helpy, <laughs> sparkle hard people um, episode. But hey, maybe you need that this year. So maybe I can be a cheerleader in your corner. Um, this is a, a blog post that I wrote on my blog, Is Your Boyfriend in the Band? And I'm just going to read it for you guys because I think it may inspire you. So you want to be a punk rock artist. Some thoughts on being a punk rock artist in 2020 for whoever needs to hear it. Mostly myself. By Haley Kane. Pay attention to who's in the room. Plenty of people won't be. Your real work is to redirect your mind from the innate need to belong to a tribe, any tribe, back to your art. You'll make a lot of art alone in your room, but that doesn't mean the room will remain empty. Back in the day, humans without a tribe were usually very quickly dead. You'd most certainly be the dead one if you were a cave human. Let's be real. You're too weird. You're too curious. If you're reading this, if you're listening to this, you're probably also highly sensitive. But it's 2020. I promise you will not die if you leap. Risk it. Then what? Well, don't freak out. (laughs) Focus on who is in the room with you. One person, 50, 150, doesn't matter. What matters? Who's actually in your ring? Who's taking the same hits? Who's nearby with a pack of band-aids or a burrito or a coney dog? Looking above or below that's a mistake. It's tempting, but basically just an ego trick that'll make you either feel like an ant or a god, and you are neither. Sorry, pal. You're simply a human with a guitar or a paintbrush or a camera or a sandwich or a baby or whatever. Nothing more, nothing less. Look adjacent. That's the ticket. This requires that you chill out on the whole competition thing. I mean it. Look next to you with clear eyes and your static view shifts into kaleidoscope mode. This is the beauty of collaboration, of getting out of your own mind. This is where life gets interesting and generous and wild and fun. 
Give a helping hand to this adjacent human, this adjacent artist, the one in the room. Receive and give. It's like breathing. You only think you've forgotten how. Give these new friends your full attention. Pay no mind to who's not in the room. They're asleep to your heart and you aren't in charge of waking them. They're happy where they are. Let them be. Touring and traveling, you will meet the ones who set your chest on fire. They are awake to themselves and to your weird, damaged, boisterous, crazy, and yes, lovable spirit. Pay attention. Soon they will be like family, and I mean that in the real way. Make art, but also consume art. Be choosy yet voracious. Your heart softens and your brain quiets as you see the world is big and all art has a life of its own. Some artists are alive now and some have been dead a long time, but they're still very much alive too. Didn't you want to stay alive like those dead artists did? Didn't you want to talk to somebody else beyond the realms of time and space after your body had rotted away to repay the artists who spoke to you as a child? when you were alone or afraid or without a tribe? Is there anything better than knowing your words will maybe transcend this linear life if only to touch one awkward teenager 50 years from now? In your darkest moments, think of that awkward teenager. This is the truth. Many people say the same thing with their art, but in a slightly different way. That's the beauty of it. Why would that ever discourage you? Now you don't have to try to be so different. Remember, not all art hits the heart in the same way at the same frequency, and you can't say what you have to say without saying it in your own individual way. Strongly question anyone who says they have nothing to say to the world. They aren't bad, they're just lying to themselves. You lied to yourself when you tried to be be part of that first tribe, remember? Let's get real. There is an art to being an amazing bus driver and to making the best cheese or the coolest song. There is an art to being the kind of parent who inspires their kid to change the world. Maybe you make these wacky dog sweaters and they're the best wacky dog sweaters. There is an art to everything under the sun. The human race needs a million ways to hear and see and touch your specific art, all kinds. Everything's been done and that's the freedom. Hear me out, okay? But... Not all humans can tolerate the fear or risk of being as naked as you are over and over again in this room of three, this room of 350, of 3,500. This doesn't make you better or worse. I repeat, you are not better than anyone else, but that also means no one is better than you. You're just awake to the fear and the joy and probably your own death. Congrats, sucker. You won't be any happier necessarily. You'll just experience a wider range of emotions on this planet. That means more pain for you as well. Some will want to live through you. That's okay. Others will be woken up by your noise and they wake up to their own pain or love or joy or desire. And that's the best. This is why you're addicted. You can be addicted to destruction and you can be addicted to creation, but you already tried the former, didn't you? I know I did. So be humble. Not everyone can go to the moon, okay? It's lonely and scary and the toothpaste floats away. It's tedious and insane sometimes. Money, that's a thing. You decided you were going to be an artist and you did, holy shit. Isn't that kind of mind bending? Remember, no one is here to clap for you in that regard though. I mean, you didn't become an artist to be patted on the head. In fact, you're making many other humans uncomfortable, right now. Sure, some people will be super stoked on what you're doing. 
Others, they'll recoil, they'll dismiss. It will feel like they're rejecting you, and let me tell you, they are. But that's a gift too. You are agitating the norm. You are finding the outer corners. So be satisfied with what you made. But remember, you did this with the help of so many people, the adjacent ones, the ones who are awake to their own selves, to your same frequency on this minuscule, tiny little planet for this tiny amount of time you share on Earth. This is your real and only reward. Giving of your full self to other full selves is literally all there is. Being present to those who showed up in the room is all there is. This is what you signed up for when you decided to actually live, you silly butt. Make the art, make the donuts. Live, 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 and fail and soar and wonder why. Doubt and fear are constant friends. It's fine. Nothing has gone wrong here. Give the art. Again, return to who is there. And thank you for attending my TED Talk slash self-help seminar, everybody. That'll be $10,000 each. I hope, despite how cheesy that blog post is, that it does give you a sparkly feeling in your gut and it really lights a fire under your ass to do whatever you need to do as the new year begins and we get into the future. Remember, we are living in the future. It's pretty wild. So um, I will see you um, soon in the future, hopefully. And if you do want to contact me, I'm at Haley and the Crushers on Instagram, HaleyandTheCrushers.com, or you can email the podcast at sparkleanddestroypod at gmail.com. Until then, sparkle and destroy.